0: and fancy cars just how much freedom do you have like do you have the freedom to not do something that you don't want to do like i don't want to go to this job anymore i if you don't have the freedom not to do that that's 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 not freedom
1: Yo guys, welcome to this episode, which is mentorship Mondays with one of my mentors, Chris. How's it going, bro?
0: Going good, man. I'm glad to be here. I love the new studio. Yeah, the it's setup. Good.
1: You're literally like the first person here. Really? Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's cool. We, you we, should probably cover up the password to The your wifi, Wi-Fi password. There. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know if they could see it. It's kind of like inappropriate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a hot tip for you.
1: <laughs> but what has um like what have you been doing this past couple? a week since the last podcast. Because people saw the podcast, they're like, wow, like one mil a month profit. And it just kind of like blew up. We Kind of yeah. like started side ventures from there. How have you been, yeah, bro? Yeah,
0: I've been really good. Uh, since then, I've just been answering a lot of really cool DMs, man. People have been reaching out. They've been finding me. Mm-hmm. And I answer 100% of them. Mm-hmm. Usually by voice, which they're surprised. Yeah. Because I'm dyslexic. And just for me to sit there and to type, it's just it's painful, mm-hmm. you know. And, and plus, and everyone's gonna know I, I can't spell. Yeah. Usually, yeah. usually when I type, people are like, "Is is English your second language?" They're trying to be really nice about it, you know. And I'm like, no, I'm just just lexic. So I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm just gonna mm. I'm just gonna press the record button, and it's a lot faster, anyways. And the people are really impressed, and they're very grateful, right? And they don't they're really respectful of time mm. and stuff like that. So a lot of questions, a lot mm. of DMs um and it's fun it's nice to know I, everything's positive too there's no spammers or or anybody trolling me or anything like that just mm-hmm. some really nice comments it's like this is awesome i like so like i want to come back and do this again yeah.
1: it was just crazy because it was literally a podcast video that it was just poorly planned it was literally like a message was like hey chris like do you have some free time because we haven't caught up since year and a half since Singapore. Yeah. And I know like you're super busy. So I was like, I don't even know if he's going to show up, right? Like he has all these like side projects and businesses, but you ended up showing up and it ended up being, it was like the second podcast I think we were doing. You know, it was literally the birth of all of this. Cool. And you just came through and we just talked and it ended up being epic. You know? Yeah. Why do you think that did so well compared to, um, if we were just going to make a video of, Hey, this is my mentor Chris, and we were talking at the camera instead of like us I, talking to I each feel,
0: other. I, I think that's exactly it. We're just talking to each other. We're being genuine. Yeah. Um, a lot. I think today, you know, when, when we're more connected than ever before through social media, we're inversely disconnected. We're more disconnected than ever because people are catching on. You know, they know that their, their BS meter is going higher. Right. Mm-hmm. People are people that you know. I see somebody with shiny cars and houses and stuff like this. Like they might have a couple of years ago been maybe impressed by it today. It's like you know whatever, it's probably rented or p s meter goes up, and it's really not what people want. People are looking for some type of invisible line of connection like like let's get let's get real for a bit, forget the hype, forget all that kind of stuff, and uh, I think we did a pretty good job of that last time based on what people were saying from the feedback but Mm. you know we just kind of let it flow so yeah like
1: what were some of the messages you were getting
0: yeah i mean some of the messages on that um people are just they're just really nice they're saying like hey i'm really inspired by your story um i'm you know 47 years old i totally related i i didn't i gave up on life a long time ago i thought i had to be in my 20s like mike to make (laughs) make things work And, and it's over with now for me and and uh since you got a late start, you know, I talked about how I didn't get started until I was 42. Um, people were just, you know, really thankful for that. So I got a lot of those. Um, other people uh, were just thankful and they just, some people had a little bit of questions, uh, business advice and stuff like this. You know, where should I start if I'm going and stuff like this. And, uh, you know, and, and I think uh, a lot of people asking for business advice, I never know quite what to say on that uh, because it's not necessarily, we're filled with a lot of tactics, right? There's a lot of tactical stuff we could do out there, but until you get out of your own way, you can have, you can have a clear set of instructions, like just do A, B, C, just follow this step by step. And there's that out there for sure, but people tend to not even make it past B or C, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, what, why is that, you know, why is that happening out there? And I remember a while ago, um, there's a, have you heard of the marshmallow study? No. Oh, it's, it's awesome. So the marshmallow study is really cool. So they did the marshmallow study. This is done by Harvard to add credibility, right? So, and this was done back in the sixties. And what they did is they would take kids between five and eight years old and they'd put them in a room And there'd be a guy come in there as like an authority figure and stuff. And he'd say, okay, Johnny. And he'd put a marshmallow right in front of Johnny. He said, Johnny, here's a marshmallow. I bet you'd like to eat that marshmallow, right? And Johnny's like, yeah, I want to eat that marshmallow, right? And it's like, you know what? I, I can go get you five more marshmallows. Would you like five more or one marshmallow, Johnny? Oh, I want five marshmallows. So like, okay, if you just wait here for five minutes, if you don't eat that marshmallow i'll come back and i'll give you five more marshmallows okay so that's a pretty good deal right so they kept the cameras on you can you can google this kind of stuff it's hilarious so what happens is that so johnny clearly knows that if he can wait for five minutes in that room alone with that marshmallow right in front of him that guess what he's going to get five more right He can you know 5x his marshmallows so the guy leaves they got the cameras rolling. And it's really funny because, like, some of the kids, they'll just be, they're so fidgety. They're looking down at this marshmallow. They'll pick it up. They'll sniff it, and they'll, like, put it down, and they'll look around the room, and they'll look around the room. Some of them will just, like, lick it, <laughs> and they'll set it down. And it was hilarious, hilarious. And then, and then usually about midway through, after sniffing it and touching it, some will spin it around stuff. They'll just go, and they can't take it. They just have to eat that marshmallow, even though they know if they waited just a little bit longer, they'd get five marshmallows, right? They can't take it. And so I, I remember this one. It was hilarious. It was a girl, and she looked at the marshmallow. She waited right for that guy to leave the room. She had a plan, man. She took that marshmallow. She turned it on the on underneath of it, and she started eating the center of it, and then she put it back down to make it look like she didn't eat it. Now, she's going to be dangerous. So...
1: Yeah, those are like the sociopaths of the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gonna be dangerous. So,
0: what they did? This is back in the '60s, and they did this all over the world. They did this in Japan, South America, everywhere. Same thing. At least eighty-five percent of the kids could not wait the five minutes to get five marshmallows. They, they're just like they're immediate. So, so they followed them all throughout their lives, all the way up until the present. They're still following them around, and they're qualifying what their quality of life is like. So they're looking at um, how many friendships do they have, the, the, their education, their, uh, how much money they make, the quality of their lives, stuff like this. And hands down, this is back in the 60s, follow the same hundreds and thousands of kids are now adults uh, and have families and stuff. And the ones that were able to delay gratification the ones that were able to sit in the room and not eat the marshmallows, they had the highest quality of life. They had the highest income. They had the highest happy factors in their life. Everything in their life was just much better than the other kids. What do you think that. happened to the girl that was like eating from the middle? She is running some kind She's probably working for Monsanto or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I don't know. She's doing something crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, She's out there working on... Uh, mortgage-backed derivatives or something for the next bubble. But, um, yeah, but it's it, – so my whole – I really resonate with that story because my entire life has always been about instant gratification. And I think most people – that's one of the bad things about social media today is that it's mm-hmm. about instant gratification. And what's so cool about delayed gratification is that when you delay the present – you have the ability to, like magic, shape the future. You don't even know what it's going to be like. You, you, what, you can, can you predict the future? But this way you can predict the future. If you can delay gratification for a little while, then your future is going to be better always. So if you decide, you know what, instead of going out with my buddies or staying home at Netflix, I'm going to go to the gym. You just made a decision to delay the gratification of watching a movie or friends. Instead, you've now going to have a better future. You're going to, you're going to have a healthier future, right? You're going to have a stronger future on that. So anytime that you take on instant gratification, you're automatically bargaining both with the future and the present. You're saying for right now, I'm going to take less. I'm going to take a little bit right now uh, versus if I delay gratification, that means in the future I get a lot, Mm. right? I get a lot of health or I get a lot of money um, on that. And um, so I didn't delay gratification. I didn't learn how to delay gratification until, I'm still learning today, but my entire life is all about instant gratification. Oh, I'm bored. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm stressed out. So I'm going to eat more. I'm going to eat sugary stuff. Um, I'm not going to go to the gym. I was, you know, obese for the majority of my adult life. Um, and that, and instead of, uh, you know, working on myself or skill sets for myself, I decided, you know what, um, I'm going to actually hang out with the wrong crowd and, and we're just going to joke around all day long, you know, and that's pleasurable. You know, we are pleasure seeking human beings, you know? Uh, we really are. We'd much rather have pleasure and we take the path of least resistance rather than delaying gratification for a while. Now, delaying gratification is not easy. It's not. I'm, I'm not going to argue for a minute that it is. And if you have to depend on delaying gratification for um, for things that are immediately pleasurable, you're going to give in to the pleasure. Everyone is. So one of the things that that st- I mean, that study concluded that if you delay gratification, you're going to have a better quality of life. You're going to live longer. You have deeper friendships. You have more meaningful relationships. You have higher income. You're just going to have a better quality of life um, and less drugs, alcohol, depression, all that stuff. Um, and I think that's pretty clear. That probably intuitively makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. But what they didn't cover in that study because they weren't that's not what they were studying is that okay. So how do you mm. delay gratification? Because if you depend on willpower, willpower is limited. It's not an it's not an infinite uh, resource. It gives up, and you're gonna and uh, and immediate gratification is always going to come in and just stomp all over willpower's butt, right? So, um, so what I learned to do and how I coped with it I don't know if it'll work for other people, but it certainly worked for me. Is um, I heard somewhere you can't remember where it is. So I can't give the person credit, but um, that. The real, the, real, the, the real success, the real reward is not the end goal. The real reward is not getting those five marshmallows. The real reward is not getting a million dollars. The real reward is not getting a six pack. Because how many people have gotten a six pack and then it's, it's gone and they go back to the fat mm-hmm. pack, right? How many people, and you and I have known people like this too, who've made a tremendous amount of money in a short period of time because that was their end goal. And they lost it all right? And they went back down. We've seen yeah. that over and over again. So wh- why is that? It's certainly the, the, the greatest satisfaction is never in the end goal. It's always, and this was key for me, it was always learning the journey. The journey is every day. That's where the reward, that's where the best rewards are. So when you're waiting for those five marshmallows, that's the journey. If you can learn to enjoy that journey and get the reward, and the reward is that journey, that's where you're going to crush it. And you don't have to depend on all of these things that don't work. Willpower, discipline. Who has discipline? If you enjoy something, you don't have to. Mm. If you enjoy, there's no discipline involved. There's, there's never joy and happiness and discipline are like fused together. There's like complete polar opposites. Discipline is for things that you don't like, right? So- No one likes to delay gratification, but if you learn to like the journey, so let's say um, I'm going to learn to delay my weekends with my friends, and instead I'm going to stay home and I'm going to learn a valuable skill set that, you know, will build a company or whatever, right? So I'm delaying that gratification. Now, willpower in the beginning, you can grind through it, right? And you can give yourself lots of false hope like you can announce to the world like Mm -hmm. this is the worst thing you could ever do is like hey guys I'm staying in for the next week until I build my million dollar business you've already announced it right so it's like it's already a reality and now you've lost all of your all of your ump to do it right um and and instead you need to learn not to not the end goal but like I enjoy the process of staying home I enjoy learning this skill set I'm enjoying doing this. I'm enjoying watching myself not go out and drink and I'd rather sit home mm-hmm. and enjoy the process of learning a new skill. When you fall in love with the process, that, my friends, is sustainability. And that's going to sustain and that's effortless and that's another that's another that mm-hmm. would be happiness and joy rather than willpower and discipline, which is like in no one likes that, right? Mm. Who likes that? I was like, it's crazy
1: just hearing you <clears throat> talking about this because, like, for me, I feel like it's 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 like a roller coaster for me, you know. Because, for example, I know the difference, and they preach us all the time, like, be process oriented instead of results oriented, right? Stop focusing on the end goal; focus on like being engaging in the moment. But then, what happens is maybe like a little success comes in, a little success comes in, and then now the thing that you're so just like passion out and engaging in, you know, now that you're getting the result, you almost stop and get your head out of the process and just now focus on the result, right? Like for example, like whenever we do a podcast or whenever we make a video, we're like, how can we create the best marketing and sales material so that we could get like people to take action? And I'm going away from what made that initial podcast so good was just because we didn't like, I like, yeah, I was going to eat that was like the only thing. That was my only goal orientation mm-hmm. for the day. But other than that, when we were just like talking, it was just like, how can I learn more from Chris? How can I learn from all the wisdom that you've been going through for years in this moment? We're having a conversation instead of me thinking, like, oh, how can I ask a question so that when I ask this question, then the audience that are listening, you know, they'll be able to want to buy something, right? And having like these ulterior motives to, to just try to sell something which is results process which would get me like a certain amount of income Instead of just like that first video, you know, we were just like fully in the process We re- really weren't caring about time much and we we're just like how can we enjoy it and like my biggest hardship is just Balancing that line because like especially in my youth 25 I- I'm literally like that little kid with the marshmallow Maybe I'm like even eating the insides mm-hmm. of the marshmallow or whatever, right? Right but it's been such an experience to see that like the income that I make is literally in direct proportion to how much can I just enjoy this conversation, or Where, where while you're speaking, I'm not thinking of well, what question can I ask so the audience mm. is like likes me or something, right? It's like how can I just be more engaged in this? And I find that like what you said, the more process oriented I get, it just equates in not just more income because income you can make money in anything, but just like more happiness, man
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Know how, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's not easy. I still give in to an instant gratification. I, everyone does. Like What,
1: what, what are the ones that you give into?
0: I just like, like I would rather watch a movie. So, yeah. uh, than than actually do work. And so, um, and that was an example of just the other night went out to a really crummy movie, but I wanted to go out to a movie you know, and instead of like staying home and doing some work and stuff that I need to get done instead mm. on that. So still, s- still do that. But um, but to fall in love with the process is really key. Is re- I found it really key. So like with working out, that's the first thing. That's the first process that I learned to fall in love with. It was like I really liked going to the gym. I wasn't focused on the end result. I really, really focused on it, and um, you know, and that's how I've been able to maintain. My shape for, since I made my transformation, physical transformation back in 2009, that because it wasn't about the end goal. It was about falling in love with the process. And then I adopted that to business. Like I'm, and in the beginning it was different, but uh, over the, over time I learned to, I learned the building stuff. It's like, I consider myself a builder. It's like I'm building stuff, building processes, building teams, uh, uh, building dreams for other people that's what's enjoyable and that's day-to-day stuff and that's enjoyable and that's the reward in itself never the end goal because that's not sustainable Mm. at all on that you know Um, there's we were talking about studies marshmallow there's another it made me think of another really cool study you want to hear it yeah okay okay. so um and this study on here this is this is this is really cool one so they took uh they had two basketball teams right so one basketball team is all dressed in all black like like us of all-black uniform, and the other basketball team is dressed in white uniform, right? And, uh, and basically, the, and, and I've done this before, this same study, in front of a live audience of 1,000 people, and it worked uh, 100%. I've done it multiple times. It works every time. So what happens is you tell everybody, you say, okay, you've got the two teams here. So I'm about to play this video. All I need you to do is count how many times the black team passes the ball to the white team. How many times do they do that? It's like, that's an easy thing to do, right? They're black and white. They stick out. So it's like, okay. So they kind of dribble around and they pass and you see everyone in the audience counting the number of times. And it's like, okay. So it's it's only like around a 15 second clip. And then you're like, okay, then it stops. And you, and you, and then you ask the audience to say, so how many times did the black team pass the ball? People raise their hand. And I think the right answer was 11. It's like, 95% 95% of the people got the right answer. It's 11 passes. Mm-hmm. And everyone feels so good about this. It's like, yeah, I got that answer right. And I'm like, okay, that's really cool. But did you see the six foot five gorilla do the moonwalk right across the center of the screen? Stop, do a moonwalk, and keep going. Did you see that? People are like, what? Literally thousands of eyeballs out there. Like, no, whoa, what are you talking about? I'm like, let me replay it. okay. Let me replay it. Now, this time, look for the six-foot-five moonwalking bear. It's a guy in a suit, right, in, a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a, um, a gorilla suit. Sure enough, it's right there. It's like you can't miss it. It's like right in the center of the screen. It does a little moonwalk, right? And mm-hmm. goes right on by. So what's the point of that? What's the lesson in that? There's lots of really cool lessons in that. But one of them is, is that what you focus on, right, expands and becomes your reality that's one thing even though there can be other things like right in front of you you it's it's like if you're not focused in on that you'll you are not you're going to miss it you're going to miss the opportunity or the love of your life or whatever it is um, all the times even if it's like right here you're going to miss out on it or another way to look at it or another way to put it is that most of the times, the very things that we are focused on actually cause us the most misery in our life, and that's that's a deep one. What to, are some examples of that? Yeah, so so like some examples of that in in my own life on that. So is that um, I grew up single mother. God bless her. She worked hard. She did the best she could. Um, but you know, we were on food stamps. We never had a car. We always had to walk to the supermarket um, on that we were evicted from our apartment. A sheriff came out threw us out. all that believed we, we were homeless for a couple of years, all this kind of stuff on that. So I grew up in a mindset where, uh, the, the, the balls I was counting on that was the poverty balls. I was counting on that, that, Hey, my, my mom's favorite thing to say, it wasn't her favorite thing. I shouldn't say that. It was just her, her way of coping with it. The thing that she always said was we don't have the money. So, it was like If I asked any question, it was like, oh, we don't have the money, can't do that. Don't have the money, can't do that. And I kept hearing that all my entire life. Growing up, that's programmed inside of me. So when I got older on that, that's the th- those are the balls I'm counting, and I'm missing the moonwalking bears that are walking by, like all the incredible opportunities that are around you, right? And I'm sure you've met people like that. Like you go someplace, like people ask, you know, Mike, what do you do? Or they will ask Chris, what do you do? I never know quite what to say. I never I, know what to say at all. Yeah, it's like I don't know. And even well, if marketing, you th- I have a yeah. marketing company. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, marketing company. It's like, yeah, well, we well, what that. does that mean? And it's just like it's it, there's just a different mindset. It's not one is better than the other. It's just a different mindset. It's like you and I are focused on the moonwalking bear, right? Where other people are focused on on counting how many times the black team pass the ball to the white team. And that's what they're focused. There's focus on two different things, but we're in the same room watching the same film of life, but we're seeing completely different things. And some of us are not seeing anything at all. And so that carried on to my life. I mean, because I always thought it's always us against them. Um, People in suits are evil on that. Um, uh, Corporations are evil. Uh, It's always uh, the haves and the have-nots. And even when I... Even when I started making a lot of money when I first started, um, those things still carried. I was still counting the ball and I was still missing the moonwalking bear walking by. So examples of that was, um, like the first, when I first opened up my business, it was, uh, a lead generation business, but I was doing everything for the, for the customers instead of specializing on one thing. Right. So, so who, who gets paid more, um, uh, a surgeon that does like some rare uh, removal of tumors out of brains or a general practitioner? Well, the specialist does. And the specialist works less. I mean, that, that surgeon who specializes in taking tumors out of brains probably works 20 hours a week and probably makes a million dollars a year. Well, the generalist, right, uh, makes about $180,000 a year and they're working 60, 70 hours a week. So I was that generalist in the beginning. Why was I the generalist? Because I was counting the balls and the balls that I was counting were from my uh, programming as a child. Like I don't have money. I don't have enough. So I can't say no. Mm. I got to just take every opportunity I can. I'm like a starving dog, right? I got to take this food. I got to take that food. And I was overworking myself on that. And then later on in that business, that same, you know, that and, and that became misery. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the, the very things you've, focus on becomes your point of misery in every aspect of your life so other things in business was um, I would be very frugal in business save money in business right because I grew up not having money mm. but, uh, but that's that's the worst place you can save money is in your business that's not that's not where you should be saving money so I would look at it like oh I don't want to hire that person I mean yeah they're really good but they're too expensive mm. I could just do it myself and save money I'll be frugal, wrong. That's the worst thing you can do. Instead, you should be frugal, right? And I learned this later. It should be frugal in in my personal life, especially if you're starting out. So I should be you know cutting coupons there, uh, walking instead of be driving, uh, you know, sharing a, a room instead of not, and I should be, take that extra money and invest it in my business. But you can't do that if you grew up. And and your programming was telling you, hey, you need to count the amount of times that the black team passes the ball to the white team. You're missing the moonwalking bear, which is like impossible to miss. I'll show you the clip later because mm-hmm. it's like you'll look at it uh, and You're like,
1: damn, that's a big ass bear. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: well, yeah, but 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 I'll get you to focus in on the thing, and and you won't see that bear. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, I okay, can now now look for the bear, and the bear's like mm-hmm. right there, like. And I've done it before live audiences, like every time it gets everybody. But the thing is, is that. You really need to understand that it's a great opportunity to examine your values in life, right? Examine your values in life because those, those very values that you hold, the programming, that's what's making you miserable today, or at least it was making me miserable. So what
1: were the values that you were having that was making you miserable? And then what values did you start adopting that started creating happiness and fulfillment in your life?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so most of mine were just around um they around money and a, and and a belief in myself and what I'm worth that. Um I I grew up always being us against them. Um everyone had something and I was always the one who didn't have it. I didn't have a father, other people had a father, um <clears throat> other people uh seemed to have this really nice uh, household and they lived up on the hill in a nice neighborhood i didn't uh, i was ashamed of where i lived and and i was definitely was it was a secret when we were homeless he was a homeless and going to to uh grade school at the same time so i grew up in that mindset um and that's a scarcity mindset man i mean that that really imprints some very hard coding into your brain and then um, and then when I got older, that carried over into like the examples I gave earlier, like in, I, in my business, I overworked myself. I almost wanted to get out of it. I was like, this is misery. You know, if I have to work 60, 80, sometimes a hundred hours, some days that's would for two days straight. Why? Cause I'm a scarcity of mindset. I gotta, I gotta take in all the money. I gotta do all the things for the client instead of just specializing on one thing and being the surgeon. Right. And I'm going to work less and make more. Um, and then. Um, and then just saving in the wrong areas and just thinking like, that's my reality, man. That's, that's my reality. That's and just wholeheartedly believing that that's the right thing to do. And then to have that, you know, to, to kind of you know, eventually, you know, hire coaches, um, hang around to other people. And they're like, dude, you're, you know, you, you don't need to be saving here. You need to be investing in people. So that it went, it went from, being frugal and saving uh, by not hiring the best to today investing in people—that's the best investment you can possibly make—is in is is in your team, is in building your team mm. on that. So yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's amazing to see like the difference because even just like listening. And I mean, I, I did like pretty well um, before we met, but then ever since we met, it's just been like almost easier, right? Because that was like my mindset, you know, when I went from like zero to 1.5 million in 12 months, that was the most agonizing work of my life. I was doing everything and I was like, oh, I need to save money. So I can't, like, I'm just going to go hire a team of virtual assistants. And, and like, I was also almost like weirded out the moment I had the first like American on my team. Cause I was like, wait, how do I like, there aren't Filipino. They don't call me, sir. This is like weird. Um, but just listening to all the things that you're talking about, I'm just like investing in a team, investing in the team, delayed, um, delayed, what's it called? Gratification. Satis- grat- gratification. It's been so amazing. Like I remember we'd even get on calls, right? Cause I'm also aware of this and I'll tell you, like, listen, this is like how I feel like I want, like I wanna get like a bigger cut. I wanna like not like I wanna be more frugal because we're we're decreasing profitability. And the things that you were saying. Like, like I remember when we were having that conversation, I don't know if you remember, it was like a couple weeks or even like maybe a month or so ago. And I was like expressing this. And then I was like, but I understand that I'm 25 years old and I don't know anything. Chris, what should I do? You're like, well, listen, you know, there's a study. And then you're just like, tell me, you know, some type of story. And it would just like drill into my 25 year old, immature, not wisdom filled mind on exactly what to do. And it's, it's hard man cuz like i'm i'm pretty aware as it is yep. and sometimes i'm aware of the certain ideas that are in my head and i know they're not mine but sometimes it's so hard to overcome those beliefs and that's when i'm aware of it right yeah. so if someone that's not aware of it and it's literally like a program that it's in their body where they're not even thinking they're just it's it's like when you're in rush hour right and you blink and you don't know it and you don't know how it happened But two hours just passed, and you went from at your home to work. You don't remember any of the roads. You don't remember anything was there. You don't even remember the stop signs. But You're just there. You literally blink, and your life is gone. How can we reach those people that are just struggling to make an extra 500 or an extra 1,000 and allowing them to start seeing the moonwalking monkey instead of being so blinded out? With all of this BS that's just in their lives.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say two main things uh, based on what we've talked about so far. Uh, the first one is start to practice delaying gratification. It's tough, and then as you're delaying that gratification, so a, an easy way to do that for like like to give like a step by step process would be semen retention. Yeah, would <laughs> would be to uh, would be to just take um, you know if if. You need to give yourself a skill set, right? So it, it's kind of like this. So you're not you're not anything typical of a normal twenty five year old, right? You're very aware of what you said. You're conscious. Um, you're definitely coachable. You're a doer. You examine things and stuff like this. So that's so so you're very reflective and you're industrious. Um, whereas most twenty year olds, male or female, they don't know much. They can get away with delaying gratification and and everyone's like man they're they're just 25 or 22 or they're just young it's okay it's normal they'll mature later but what happens when they don't i didn't what happens when you don't when you don't delay gratification then you become this 30 year old that doesn't that hasn't learned any skill sets that's still uh, playing games, you know, video games. It's still preferring to spend time with their friends out at night. That hasn't learned a skill set. That hasn't taken the discipline. that hasn't learned how to sacrifice a part of their day so that they can make their future better. You can literally change the future I, I, that's the way i like to look at it you can literally shape and change the future by what you do today if you sacrifice this you got to learn to sacrifice that because you don't want to be that 35 year old you, you definitely don't want to be the 40 year old who still is delaying gratification and still living at home there's all that's happening that's an epidemic you know there are kids i am say kids 35 and 40 old kids that are living with their 70 and 80 year old parents because they still didn't learn how to sacrifice. You got to learn how to sacrifice, and and so what can you do today to sacrifice? And and everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows what they should do. That's the cool part, right? Everyone knows. Like <clears throat> like if you said, um, what is, what do you need to do to lose that twenty pounds? It's like everyone knows. You don't need to buy another course on. You don't need to get on the keto wagon. Or you, you just you know what you need to stop doing, right? You need to stop eating so much of this and probably eat a little bit more of that. I mean, everyone knows that. It's the same thing with $100 a day or I want to get out of my job or uh, I want to be more independent. I want to have freedom. Everyone knows what they need to do. You need to learn a skill set, some type of skill set out there. That's of value. Um, the one I gravitated towards and you I knew as well is marketing. If you can market and convert traffic, and that, and deliver that traffic to someone who needs that traffic, that's a huge, mo- that's, that's it, man. I mean, that's a skill set. You'll never be fired. Even, even when the economy is down, businesses need more business, more customers, even more than they're going to come to you. So you're like foolproof there. Uh, you can't get this type of education in a college because it's just completely outdated. Mm. And that. What do you uh, think that is? I- the colleges?
1: Yeah. Why is it so outdated and they're
0: not Oh, that's a whole nother topic, but in, but in, in brief, uh, oh, we could really go down a tangent down there. Oh, let's do it. Okay, so uh, all right, let's do this. So, <laughs> uh, so um, I used to do an annual event. I stopped doing them. Okay, so I used to do this annual event, and I held it at the University of Nevada. Okay, this is University of Nevada, right? So I would uh, do one of their biggest halls. It fits like thousand people, and uh, I would invite thousand people to come. It would be a live stream too. There'd be another four or five thousand people watching. It's an educational event taught at an educational university. It's the real deal, right? So here we are in a big lecture hall and I'm going on. And my whole opening statement in the beginning is how college is a complete and utter Waste of time, and it's like there there are professors invited to this, right? They're freak. They're like in their seat, like all crumbling. I'm talking about the next big bubble and how school systems are at least, at best, from technology, at least fifteen to twenty years behind. And from a marketing perspective, it would be, and from marketing and programming, you know, this is what's changing the world today and creativity it's just your creativity is stunned you're you're going for the letter you're going for the graduation the degree the you're not going for the problem solving mm. that's not what you're taught on that plus everything that you're taught is antiquated when you get out you're useless you know listen to um, you know any of the big hires uh, for the really big amazing companies out there you you listen to any of the CEOs they're like doesn't matter if they have a college education. because I don't care. I need problem solvers. I need doers. I need people that are passionate about that. So schools don't teach that. So here's the kicker. So I got to back up live at this university on this stage, right? I'm I'm putting this down, right? I got to put my money where my mouth is, right? So I do. So I take 20 people out of the audience, right? 20 people out of the audience who never made any money online before, nothing. And I get them to do their own agency, their own uh, Facebook agency, right? Just like we've talked about before. And live during the event, on stage, they get paychecks, okay? This is not stage, nothing like this. And so it's like, look, what I just taught you here over this last two days, you've now earned more income then most graduates after four years, an X amount of debt, yada, yada, yada. And it's live in front of you. They're like coming out on stage like, woohoo, I just got another client. Here's another $500 deposit. Here's another $2,000. And I got photos and all this kind of stuff. So if we want to flash this up on the screen later, I could. So it's the real deal. So um, anyways, um, it's completely antiquated on that. And it stunts creativity. Right, it, it, it is, it's not about creativity. It's it's about the grade. It's about getting the certificate on that, in the hopes that. And I don't blame people, right? I have kids, so it's like uh, I as parents, you know, you want your kids to do best, and it's kind of like, what are they gonna do? I guess they go to college. I mean, there's no real downside to that. I was right? gonna
1: give them a thousand dollars and drop them off in Chiang Mai yeah. at eighteen <laughs> and survive.
0: <laughs> Boom. Yeah. So I don't know. What what are your thoughts on, on college and stuff? Oh, well, Cause, Because cause you're going to become a dentist, right?
1: Yeah, maybe I still will. You know, uh, <laughs> maybe that's what all this is for. That's your backup like, plan, Yeah, right? my backup plan. No, I remember um when I was in college, I told my mom, I was like, because I left dental school. And it was crazy because I had this accelerated program. So I actually was accepted into dental school when I was 18 years old, right? Because I was just like... I was focused on the result. I was like, result, 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 six-figure job. Uh, dentist, provide for my mom, provide for my dad. And I got it. And I started asking myself these questions. I was like, well, what am I actually working towards? You know, what is what is the white, what where are the balls that I'm counting and I'm not looking at the the black gorilla, right? And I didn't even know it, but like, yeah, I'd be making 100K a year as a dentist, but I would have like a couple hundred thousand in debt. And that would be the big gorilla that most people don't look at in college. They don't see the big gorilla of, oh, you are going to be like an indentured servitude, which is just a nicer way of saying slave for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years of your life. And we don't tell you this because all you're focusing on is counting the balls, little Mike. You're counting the balls. You're not seeing the big gorilla that's in front of everybody, in front of all the auditoriums, when you're walking in class, when you're in the cafeteria, that you are going to be in debt unless if you were born privileged, which I wasn't, you know, mom, dad, nurse, engineer, but they were in debt because they ever sold the American dream. And me, the big thing was like, you're going to be debt, You're going to be a slave till you're 50. You're not going to travel the world till you're 65. And then you're going to have the money. You're going to have the time. But guess what? Mike, you're going to be 65. You're not going to have any energy. Who's going to want to hang out with like an old grandpa that's depressed, lonely, and not fulfilled. And then, and then I would just like probably spend it all on like a, Red Corvette or Red BMW, and then that'll be fulfilled for five seconds. And I literally was like, I was like, Mom, Dad, like, give me twelve months to make a hundred K. And if I can make that, that means that's the dentist, right? Um, that's a dentist salary. I don't have to go back. So I literally wrote like this long letter to like the college professors, like, Yeah, sorry, like I have to decline this. Like, maybe give me twelve months. So there was like that safe thing, like, Okay, I could always go you back. Go back, yeah so then i was like okay how can i just like you said focus on the process and i realized the main process on a higher level wasn't really much the technique but becoming someone that deserved that as opposed to in college where they just train you to memorize really well yeah. then you put it you fill out a little scantron and then you turn it in you get a good grade and then you forget everything and even to this day yeah, i don't remember all of the biology and chemistry and like stuff, history is good because you yeah. learn from the past mistakes. But yeah, it, it's actually really weird going through it because right when I got it, I was like this Eiffel, like super hopeful young kid that was going to become his dream of becoming a dentist. Yeah. But then I had some people that were a lot smarter than me and a lot wiser than me start asking me, well, Why? Like yeah. Follow the trail of wise. Why
0: yeah. do you want to do this? That's the why gorilla do you do knocking you up behind the head, and you don't see it. Like still backhanding me, yeah, you but know, it doesn't feel good. You just don't know where it's coming from. What's really f- important, I want to point out. You know, when I was listening to you was that was that you were delaying gratification. Let's not. I mean, you were if you're if you're an accelerated program at 18, you're not out partying. You're delaying gratification, so you're sacrificing now for the future. Mm-hmm. But the key is, is that you can't just delay gratification, right? You have to do the other part of it. You have to see the moon. You have to be focused Mm. on the moonwalking bear coming right across from you. You can't be a bean counter. You can't be counting the balls Mm. back and forth because that's normally where your misery will be found. And you felt uncomfortable, like this isn't right. It's a form of misery, right? So that's Mm -hmm. why you had to say, and I can imagine it's probably a very difficult, especially in an Asian culture household, to tell your parents. It won't you and won't feed you. Yeah, I mean that's that that. I mean you're probably you're brushing over it, but I I imagine that that conversation at home probably took place over a couple of weeks, and there was probably some raised voices and some very concerned parents on that. Well, like
1: I remember, I would call my dad, and it's amazing because my dad supports me so much. My mom supports me so much, but I remember I would call my dad in the library while I'm studying for my finals. I was telling him, I was like, Dad, just joking around, just seeing how you're tested because. I started realizing I was like, okay, I'm not going to travel and live my life until I'm 50. I want it like it's not like Europe where they give everyone a gap year to figure their life out, right? It's literally like, okay, 25, now you're an adult. Like you have to decide at age 13 what you want to do for the rest of your life. Age 13, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a dentist, and I stuck to a decision that wasn't even given to me. And I remember I called my dad. I was like, okay, maybe I want something else. I was Like dad, you know, I'm thinking about like dropping out. Like this college is like hard. He literally just. Was like Mike, that's the stupidest thing, and just hung up on me. Wasn't gonna have it. It wasn't even have my mom would literally cry, like, because oh. it's an embarrassment to all of her friends. Mike, you know your auntie Jane, the daughter, the the son's gonna be a doctor, or oh, you're like your uncle Bob, his his son is is uh, an amazing chiropractor, but they just think you're a drug dealer, Mike. Right. Like, <laughs> you know. And that was the hardest, like when, when we're talking about like delay gratification and for everyone that's like listening, that was the hardest delay gratification because then I had to get a one-way trip ticket. It was so bad. I was like, okay, I can't be around this like negativity even though they mean well. I just have to move to Chiang Mai or like Thailand and just get out and recreate everything. And even the first year or so, they still like like didn't really understand it because I also did everything. This is also my fault because I did everything secretive, right? So my dad started knowing, oh, wow, this is like crazy. But like one of the biggest things is my mom didn't actually really know the numbers we were pulling in to like like two months ago, man, because it was just filled with so much like pain of not being enough in their eyes because I wasn't what – the college education, you know?
0: Yeah, that that's a, and those are powerful things. So there's lots of different, so you look at the balls, counting the balls, I mean, the, the balls that you're counting back and forth, one of them is going to be your parents' approval. Yeah. That's real, man. That's pretty hard to see a moonwalking bear, which is like your dreams and your aspirations, when that's at the forefront. It's mm-hmm. real, man. Seeing your mother cry, having your father hang up the phone. I mean, those things are real, so... Um, you know delaying gratification you had that one down I mean you were you were doing that there's no way you would have excelled without it so you were delaying gratification what you which what what the process you went through again at an early age which is extremely brave is to tell your parents that everything that you were programmed since you were what 13 years old, this Mm -hmm. is what you're going to be doing. And then all the pressure from all your friends to make the change on that, Mm. to stop counting the balls and then to, you know, follow your own moonwalking bear. It's a tough path to follow, man. Very tough on that. So, you know, it's not easy. It's probably not easy today. You probably get, I'm sure you have relatives today. that are like, what what are you doing, Mike? Uh, I, I, maybe you would have relatives that say, "Are you gonna go back to dental oh, school?" Oh, all yet? the time, yeah. all the
1: time. Like, oh wow, it's, I see your videos, I see your ads, uh, cause we're savage at ads. <laughs> you see us everywhere, even right now. You're probably seeing an ad, uh, but they're just like, "Oh, you're just you know gonna pay for a dental school, Mike." Like you know, yeah, uh, yeah. It was hard, but then I think what changed, and I think it's like back to like the topic we were talking about, was college. Why college? What is college? I started researching it, and this is what started like messing up my mind too. Like especially at young, I was using the college um, computers to really research on like the history of college, and like for example, John D. Rockefeller, one of like the old amazing entrepreneurs, uh, he had a lot of influence in the education system because it's basically just one giant way to preframe like the best employees to push buttons. Like Henry Ford, the assembly line, before we had machines, those were human beings that were literally doing like just simple tasks, not even thinking, not even problem solving. They just need to be told what to do and not to ask any questions. Yep. Uh, John D. Rockefeller was like, okay, when I influenced the education system, this is what he said, and this is a quote, I want a nation of workers, not thinkers. Mm. And I started realizing, asking myself, well, am I going to allow myself to just go through my entire life unconsciously not knowing that I was literally born into some type of slavery. And this is the worst type of slavery. This is the slavery where you don't even know that you're a slave. Modern day. Modern day. Enslavement. Where the things you own end up owning you, where your mortgage, your car payments, your student loan debt, turns into this crushing debt that keeps you up at night. And no matter how much you make, you just can't seem to get ahead. And I'm thinking like, well, this is just one amazing way. Like if I'm thinking about it from an entrepreneur point of view, it's like this is just an amazing way to literally get somebody to work for my company for the rest of their life. And build your dreams. And build your dreams. So the moment I saw that and I realized what was actually doing that, I was like, what? This is just a business. This is just like me going to McDonald's and getting a cheeseburger, except now this cheeseburger is me. And I'm on this assembly line to just build someone else's dreams. And then there's businesses and people and governments, which is also another type of business, that are owning these schools that are just profiting on that
0: end. Yeah, it's really you know? crazy. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I heard that, um, that the education system was, uh, it was born out of because um, somewhere in Europe, I believe it's Germany, but I'm not sure, so don't quote me on this. But the but 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 the rest of it is factual, and that's that's what you need to focus on is uh, when they go to battle that they would have a continuous problem that the troops when they started to confront battle would break order and they would run and flee. anybody anybody with half a brain is like I don't want to get shot. I'm not fighting for you and your dumb cause. I'm out of here, right? And they would flee, and it's like how do we get them to follow orders? And that's where ed, that's where education was born. It's the same as workers, the same thing. Right? We don't want thinkers, yeah. we want workers. We don't want thinkers, we want soldiers.
1: So, what um, are you doing with your kids? They're going to college, or
0: um, that's a that's a tough one. Dropping them off in Shanghai. No, no <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my oldest, uh, he's he's living his dreams. Um, and that and stuff. But my two younger ones, if they want to go to school, they can go to school, but they're going to go to school for different reasons. And that's if that's for reasons like, like, Hey, if you just want to go to school to like become better at music or art, or if you're going to go into humanities, which is nothing wrong with that because really to me, what humanities is, which is like a liberal arts degree, like a, you know, business wise is and the surface seems like a bunch of baloney, but actually, if you can learn how to articulate and write and read mm. and you become a good thinker, you're deadly. You're absolutely deadly. And those are the exact things that companies and corporations need. They need thinkers, right, that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about here, thinkers, and if you can think and articulate and research and stuff like this, then then you're absolutely deadly, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. most liberal art colleges, that's not their focus, but there's probably yeah. some good ones out there, so if they wanna do stuff like that, they can do and follow their dreams or whatever they want, and if, and if their dreams um, requires schooling and traditional schooling, that's fine too um they're very clear though because of the household that they've grown up in and we homeschooled them for years and flew around the world and live here and there that um we would end up uh they they're very different lifestyle kids so they're going to end up growing up uh yeah. quite differently at that so but it's entirely up to them most of them right now um are they they're talking about their own business amazing their own business yeah, their own business, because yeah. like, like my daughter, um, so this is my, my daughter's a 14, 14, I think <laughs> I hate that one. I can't remember their, their ages. They go uh, so fast. They That's do, hard. 14, but back when she was 10, 11 years old, um, had um, had a friend stay over at our house as a guest. And, um, and I, I told my daughter, I so, said, look, you have one of the nicer kind of rooms. Um, you can rent this room out if you'd like. On this, and all you have to do is make sure that you, you know, uh, during the day that you clean it up, you tidy it up, you know, kind of like a hotel, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, you can charge, you know, whatever you want. And she said, she said, yeah, I, I think I'd like to do that. So um, she did that, and. Um, she charged like 50 euros and it was my friend. So my friend is like, he's not going to say no. Right. So it's like, I, I think she kind of sensed that. So she leveraged that like kind of oh, dad wow. friend thing a little bit, but she was, she was renting out a room. I said, you rented it out for three nights. That's 150 euros for 11 year old girl. That's a lot of money. Now at the same time, she was doing some data entry work for me, and I was paying her, I don't know, like five euros an hour or something. But I remember she's just squirming in her seat, sitting there for like an hour. She's like, is an hour almost over with? They're like, I can't stand this. And so and so, when, when she was done renting out that room, right? So the first night, the first day she cleaned it up herself. The second day she hired her little sister to clean out the room, okay? And then the third day she hired her sister to clean out the little room. And so, um, and then when my friend left, then I still had that data entry work that I needed to do. She didn't want to do that. And I said, okay, so let's sit down and talk about the lessons here. Okay, so in, in data entry, you're exchanging time, your time for money. That's why sitting in your seat is so squirmy and you can't take it, right? And you just can't wait for that hour to get over with and collect your five bucks and get the heck out kind of Whereas you're, you're leveraging an asset, your bedroom, you're renting it out, and you're paying someone else some of the profits to clean it for you, and you can go do whatever you want. Which way do you like making money more? She said, "Well, Dad, I like renting out your room. When are you going to invite some more friends <laughs> over, right?" So that's the kind of household that they grew up in. Also, to all my kids when they're young, they had a they had a choice. It was a delay gratification choice. I said,
1: you, "You give them right when they're born a marshmallow." And <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 no. Actually, better. Um, I'd give them a choice. I said, "You can have this gold coin for their birthday." I said, you can have this gold coin, which this gold coin is worth, you know, whatever it was at the time, you know, $900 or whatever, or you can have whatever toy you want. Future gratification, immediate gratification on that. And uh, some years they picked the gold coin. Uh, my my uh, middle daughter picked the most gold coin. So today she got a whole stack of gold coins. I mean, she's already pretty loaded, right? Yeah. She's only 14, 15 years old um, now. So... So they grew up in that kind of household and traveling around and stuff like this. So they're not hardwired to count how many times the black team passes the ball to the white team. Mm. They're focused on a gorilla.
1: I think that's what's needed because the thing that I did like about college was it almost allowed me to put myself to the test on how I could operate when my parents weren't the ones making a decision. You know, like I'm living in this place, um, My parents aren't telling me what to do, when to go to bed, when to sleep. Uh, But they've had, like, these mini lessons that have given me throughout my life, right? Kind of like what you did, right? And now it's, like, in this new environment where everything else is changing, can I be put to the test, right? So it's going to be really interesting then seeing your kids going to college because now they have that mindset. If they go. Oh, yeah, and if they go. But but,
0: but they can. That's fine. Yeah. That's their choice.
1: But it's, like, crazy because then it's, like, they're probably already doing this now whenever you're you're traveling and you know, they're, they have that time because it's almost like they need the mentorship, but then they also need time by themselves to see if they know that they have what it takes to succeed. You know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And it's, um, it, it's always, it's always the same story, right? Are, yeah. are you going to delay gratification? Are you going to focus on the balls or the gorilla, right? Mm. What are you going to do? Um And I think they have an advantage there where mm. um they've, been taught to delay gratification you were obviously taught to delay gratification and you've applied that in other areas of your life so look how successful you are today um and that and i think i think they'll also apply those same lessons there Mm. but they 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 gotta learn for themselves right i mean -hmm. you you have to eventually you have to it's the real deal you got to get out and do it Mm -hmm. you know And, and, and it's not about the money i make it very clear with them it's not about the money uh it's about and it's not it's about being happy but it's, it's but, but it's about changing lives and it's it's about building stuff it's about mm-hmm. creating something like you have the ability to create whatever you want you really do you know it doesn't need to be the next google or facebook or airbnb or uber mm-hmm. or um go yeah which is amazing but that was an amazing uh, podcast by the way yeah that's amazing i had no idea that was just here in, in did we Indonesia. launch that
1: already did we launch it
0: no but you you, you, you were you're telling me about
1: it oh right? dude, yeah oh, oh like, we're oh, so ahead oh, of podcasts man. yeah
0: so, it's, so anyways ahead. anyways you can that's a 10 billion
1: valuation company yeah he was just chilling here in, 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 in the 10 dollar basement yeah. that someone left on a Facebook. Yeah. Like, why are they in a 10 dollar <laughs> basement yeah dude
0: yeah so you, those those are just things that, that prove that you can do anything you want now you don't need to shoot for that or do the next thing but you can do incredible, a lot of incredible things yeah it's a lot of my <laughs> no doubt about it no doubt about it so
1: yeah and yeah. that's kind of what i want to move on to the next conversation because i know what we're doing is we're doing mentorship mondays where we're literally unveiling the mentors that have helped me to you guys to everyone else that's like watching so hopefully you guys are enjoying this uh i got a bunch of like dms ever since that um podcast that we did which is oh, okay. phenomenal link in the description so if you guys have a question just leave me a dm and maybe we could feature you in the next mentorship monday but i'm just gonna go ask them and then we could just do like fast two minute rounds and and then we just go from there and Let's then
0: do it. get some food
1: because i'm about to break my fast okay, okay cool good. so the first question is do you need money to get started in business and if so or no, let me ask that again <laughs> So here it is. Do you need money to get started in a business or side hustle? And if not, what do they need instead?
0: Um, It helps if you have a little bit, I'll be honest with you. But what's so cool about today is that you can open up an online virtual type of business. And depending on the ones that you choose, um, you can just need the minimal stuff like domain, 10 bucks, hosting, you know, a little $7 a month on that. And maybe a few little smaller online tools. I mean, you can literally get started for a couple hundred bucks at the very most. I mean, that's and mm-hmm. compared to a franchise or something like that, where you need hundreds of thousands of dollars. So um, I don't I don't know of anything you could start with zero. I'm sure there's stuff out there. It's just not how how I got started. I, I did need a little bit, a couple hundred bucks to get to get going just to That's get the all basic you need, thing. right? And as far as I'm concerned, yeah. yeah. that's all you need on that. Um,
1: And then what would you do with that couple hundred dollars um, to get started?
0: (laughs) I would would do what I did, (laughs) 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 which uh, which I would deliver to local businesses, what every local business wants, uh, whether the economy is good and especially when the economy is bad. You're always I'm always in demand and that's more customers. Mm-hmm. And we just do that through advertising because local businesses don't have time to do that. Chiropractors don't have time to do that. Dentists don't have time to, do they got to go get certified. They got to manage their own staff and all this kind of stuff that they can't learn about Facebook and Instagram ads. It's too complicated. Yeah. They need to be a specialist. Okay, cool. Second one. What's your
1: views on appreciating rejection and getting used to hearing no when it comes to creating businesses?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, rejection rejection is good because you shouldn't get butt hurt about it you should really sit back and say what's the lesson here you know what am i maybe i need to learn something because if you're getting rejected over and over again you're doing something over and over again to cause it so you need uh, that's an opportunity to grow on that what was the second half of that question
1: uh just getting used to saying no i think it's kind of like the Uh. same right
0: Getting used to saying no? Or getting used
1: to hearing no.
0: Oh, getting used to to hearing no. It's the same thing, right? Yeah, Yeah, rejection. Rejection, no, yeah. yeah.
1: It's basically telling you what you're doing wrong and how to fix it. Yeah. Like a feedback. Like uh, in in a game, whenever you die, you hit a checkpoint so that when you're reborn, you go back to that checkpoint instead of having to do all the things. You know, it's like every single time you get a no, it's like, oh, wow, that's one way not to do it. And then you, like I think, um, was it Einstein? He was like saying... um, I found nine thousand nine hundred and ninety. it took 9,999 times to make the light bulb. And the reporter was like, how does it feel? And he was like, what are you talking about? I just found 9,999 ways not to make a light bulb. Right. right. And it just took one that did. Yep. Third question is, um, why do you think people are so addicted to struggle and they only take action when the, the income on their bank account gets to the point below what they're normally used to identify with? Kind of like, for example, if the number in your bank account is always at 5K, how come when it's a lot, you get lazy, but you only get motivated once it gets below your comfort level?
0: That's exactly it. That's the key is is, is your comfort level. I've been there before uh, for sure, and I've gone through all of the stages on there. Um, I used to be like my average bank account balance was literally like $200. know what's it? <laughs> But I went through lots of different phases. I went through phases where uh, where it was like if I did, I, and I worked my way up to where it was like if I didn't have sixty thousand dollars in savings, then I felt like oh, it's the end of the. If it went down to 55, was, oh, I struggled, struggled, struggled to get it back up there. And then I evolved and grew, and and now if it's not thirty or sixty thousand dollars in profit every four to eight hours. I'm feeling it. so, And that's not to brag or anything like that. It's just that you can set that thermostat literally whatever you want, as high or low as you want, whatever your comfort zone is. And it's usually a direct uh, reflection of the people that you hang around with. So uh, most other people that hang around with, they probably have about the same zeros Mm. in their bank account, and they probably get nervous about the same time you do when it starts to dip down a little bit low. I mean, right now, um, I'm... For the first time, a little bit more relaxed about money, but I always have, I still have fear about money all the time. But, um, but right now, um, it doesn't matter how much crazy inflation we have myself and my kids are set for the rest of their lives. They don't have to worry about anything. And I find great comfort in that and having that. Um, anyways, so that's, a, you, you can change that thermostat from $200 a day to uh, generational wealth.
1: Mm, and that's it know, the Native Americans talk about stop worrying about, you know, like this immediate instant gratification, but what actions you need that could literally provide for the next six generations. Um, a lot of people focus on BS non-revenue driven actions, especially when they are first getting started. Do they need to be focused on revenue driven actions only?
0: I mean, there's so much distractions these days uh, that it's super easy to get distracted on a lot of things. And usually you want to get distracted because, and and that's another form of gratification because you get little dopamine highs from it, right? Checking Facebook, checking this and that, um, and that. And I think, you know, uh, today you've heard that saying before if you chase two rabbits, you catch none. You just got to chase after one. You got to go after one. You got to stay focused and you got to turn everything else off and just stay really, really focused on that one thing, whatever that one thing is. And just So what are the good.
1: three th- revenue driven actions that you would at least do on a daily basis?
0: Uh, number one, and it has to be with every company and companies miss this all the time, is it has to be you have to be focused on marketing. That'd be number one. You have to market. If you're, not bring, if you're not marketing in, you can have the best product. No one's going to find out about it. The second is sales. You have to have marketing and sales on that. And then you have to have a damn good product. And those are the three things that you focus on. Mm.
1: The next thing is, oh, we already asked that. Let's just do a short one is college worth it
0: <laughs> didn't we already cover this <laughs> on here? i don't know it, it I, I don't want to be total poo about college because um if you have the right kind of liberal arts uh i think degree and you become a ninja at thinking and critical thinking and you can write and speak really well you're pretty much un, untouchable on that um and it's really what a lot of companies do need uh, on that so you know and, and if you want to become a really good doctor or uh you know something like that a scientist that you, then then you're going to have to go but for for people to go there to figure it out and hopefully get hired by a big company maybe not the best route to go how should people think about money what
1: are their beliefs and thoughts they they should have about money
0: money is nothing but a tool that's all that it is it's just a tool that affords you Uh, freedoms. It's just, it's just pent up potential and energy. So like you're sacrificing today and you're building up all of this energy in your sacrifice so that in the future you can release that energy and you could release that energy for a cause. You could release that energy to help people out. You could release that energy to create another company or grow your company to change lives and stuff like that. So it's just pure pent up energy. It's like a spring on that, are you going to sacrifice today and compress that spring in there? You got all that energy ready to pop out as soon as you release that spring on that end of it. So, strictly a tool, nothing else. So, people actually think being rich is bad, and that rich
1: people are unhappy. What do you have to say about that?
0: I think I, I really feel like that's been covered a lot by now. But people who still think that. I was just absolutely wrong. Uh, some of the most generous and nicest people I literally ever, excuse me, I've ever met are some of the wealthiest. Um, and they didn't get there. Uh, they, they got there because they have to overcome a lot of personal obstacles, like the thermostat. They've obviously overcome the thermostat. They've gotten out of their own way. So they've evolved as human beings personally. Uh, in order to reach those type of income levels. So it's usually some pretty interesting people. And and, and when you get there, um, most of them that I've met are super grateful. They're just grateful human beings. And it's kind of like, you know, they don't, they, they have, they're really nice people, so they have less to worry about. It's kind of like um, if you've got a cold, right, and you're stressed out about a relationship or a job or whatever, and then, like, I don't know, you're at the supermarket, and the person behind the counter, like, hey, so Mike, how are you doing today? That's oh, good, because you're thinking about you got a cold, and you're thinking about the pressure of work or something like that. Um, you just you can't be alive and engaging in the world. But if you've got all the freedom, and and you're not you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. It's like. I was like, Hey, I'm doing great, man. How are you? Awesome. How's your day going? I was like, it's completely different. Or like Uber drivers. I love Uber drivers, right? It's like, Hey, what's going on today? How are you? I'm, I'm like, so excited. Cause I want to hear their story. Uber drivers have some of the most amazing stories. I'd love to take, you guys need to take your your uh, film crew around and just go sit in the back of Uber drivers. There's, there's one Uber driver.
1: Or Gojek drivers here. Or go, or yeah,
0: Gojek drivers here. There's one Uber driver out in there. And I said, so what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm doing the Uber driver. So I, said, you know, I was asking, what did you used to do and all this kind of stuff. And they're really just entrepreneurs at heart, right? Because they, get, they have a car, and they got a phone, and they turn it on, and they're working, and they turn it off, and they're not right. Mm. Um, and then, and the guy's telling me a story, and it's like, "Hey, well, I tell you this story here. Let me show you something that my wife made." And he hands me this case in the back of the seat. Was, I'm in the back seat. He hands me this, and it's 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 a jewelry box, right? And I open it up, and it's got all this handmade jewelry in it. So he starts going, "So, which which color do you like, on Which here? one you like best? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I am like, and I'm like. This is genius, right? Because I'm stuck in the back of this car. I can't leave. I got nothing else to do. He's engaging anyways, and he's just showed me this mm-hmm. re- actually really cool jewelry and stuff. So I end up buying some jewelry, right? Yeah. Of course, right?
1: There's this Uber driver that made a quarter million a year just because... In the dashboard is literally like a bunch of jewelry that he's yeah, like, oh, yeah my yeah. wife. Maybe he saw like the No 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 no. <laughs> where it, where was that? It was it was like in uh California or something
0: like that. Yeah, yeah, no. This yeah. isn't San Diego. Might have been this oh, same it really, guy. No, Might it have was, been the same guy. Because because he I, I asked him, I said, How much how much are you how much extra do you make off of this? And, and it was it was like his, his grand total was like a hundred thousand or something like yeah. that. That was extra. But he wasn't doing that himself. He was also doing it to, with other Uber drivers. Yeah. so So he would <laughs> oh basically God. have, yeah, yeah. He yeah, created yeah. a marketplace. Yeah, yeah, he had a marketplace. No, no, no that's exactly what he scene. said in
1: the article. It was like, yeah, then I, I sold my jewelry in other people's Uber. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. It, it's got to be the same dude. Yeah, it's got to be the same Wow, dude. you were into that. Yeah, yeah. You got to go check out that article.
0: article. Anyways, we're going to find another tangent okay. there.
1: Um, but. let's see. So, so what are the habits that separate the rich people from the poor people? Sacrifice. That's it.
0: Sacrifice. You got to learn to sacrifice. Like what, you can what, literally what we- change the future of your life. You can literally change the future. You can, You can. Right, right now we don't know what the future, but I can tell you what the future will be like, more than likely, if you learn to sacrifice. Mm. That's the only thing. That's the one thing. Delay gratification. Another word for it is sacrifice.
1: What now, do they need to sacrifice? What are like the top handful of things
0: you got to sacrifice you got to sacrifice your time you got to sacrifice immediate kind of pleasure things uh you've got to sacrifice maybe a nicer car um for you know driving a beater car you got to sacrifice that where maybe your other friends have decided to take a high interest loan and to get a nicer car uh, you've got to sacrifice vacations you got to the biggest thing you're sacrificing ultimately is your time that is your time you have to sacrifice that and you've got to say hyper hyper focused on one thing you can't get distracted and there's so many distractions that'll give you immediate dopamine hits of mm-hmm. pleasure it's all about sacrifice man if you can sacrifice for now you're gonna have a fantastic future if you do not sacrifice you're gonna be that that 20 year old that's like yeah it's okay he's, he's just 20 years old so he's 30 he's like mm, he's a little slow 35, what the heck's wrong with this dude, you know? <laughs> he hasn't learned how to sacrifice. He's 40 years old. You don't even want to hang around that person, you know? Mm. So, sacrifice. Just anything you can sacrifice. it. But it's going to be time. Speaking of time, I can hear your tummy growling. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh we, we, we were almost <laughs> done with these questions.
1: So, how does somebody who's not successful, how do they need to view the world to then become successful?
0: Mm. Such a little question on that. I would say, you know, if, if someone wants to be successful and there's different definitions of it, but let's just, let's get one out of the way that success, you have some form of freedom and, and, and you need to have some form of income. It doesn't need to be millions, but something to have that freedom. So you have some type of freedom in place there, right? Um, and uh, in it, it, in order to do that and to be that, you've really, you've got you've to sacrifice. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in what you're doing. Kind of like when, when you, you, you believed in yourself and you also gave yourself some limits, right? You said, I I got a year to prove myself that, that I can make it on my own. Otherwise you got to go back to dental school. So you, you, you believed in yourself. So you gotta believe in yourself. Um, and you got to sacrifice, um, in order to get there. It's, you know, let's not make it more complicated than it is.
1: So what's your belief on the shiny object syndrome that people face?
0: that's another one that could come back and just re redirect that and loop that back to kind of a theme throughout this conversation that we have today is um you know it's it it gives you a little bit of pleasure you know it's like um you can you can get a shiny object it can be like training or course that's usually what people say when it's, it's a shiny object so they buy training or course whatever And it makes them feel good because the copy, they see the testimonials, they see other people successful. This feels great. It's, it's a pleasure seeking thing. It feels good. Um, you're excited about it and then you dive into it. Now it's like, wait a minute, this is kind of hard work. (laughs) It's getting a little bit, a little bit of work. Ah, this is kind of, this is a lot of work. Darn it. Oh, another shiny object. Ah, that makes me feel good. So you're going to gravitate towards that pleasure. that when when what you're doing is you're just chasing after another rabbit or two or three you're not going to end up anywhere you're just going to be you're going to be spread out here there and there and there you're going to be broke and you're all you're going to have is an expensive hobby of buying courses and shiny Mm. objects
1: so for someone with shiny object syndrome right now what should they do
0: just just stop and just focus on one thing and just go deep finish that finish that complete that i know in, in in our training what what we've done to help um steer people against that is that we give them bite-sized assignments that our coaches and our staff grade them before they move on to the next assignment. And people love that because they just can focus in on one little thing. It doesn't make a lot of work. It's a little two, three hour per week that they do. And every step of the way, they're actually building a piece of their business. And it's like, they look back after a couple of weeks, I was like, I'm actually building a business here. I'm actually doing it. And it gives them the momentum to move forward on that. So when you start to see your own self just succeed, tiny little steps, you're more motivated than you were Mm. when you started on that, so.
1: How can you help somebody identify what they should invest in if they maybe have very minimal money for them even starting off?
0: Uh, Well, invest in yourself. And whatever you can afford, if you have very little money, then you can still invest in yourself, whether that be even like a, a $12 Kindle. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody spent, you know, probably four to five years and a lifetime of experience to carefully detail all the wisdom they have on four or 500 pages. and You can buy that for 12 bucks. That's, a, that's what an incredible investment that is. That's just unbelievable. And if you have a little bit more money, that uh, Then you could invest in a course and training uh, because today really the new kind of training is not going to be college, especially with marketing or programming skills, these kind of stuff that are in most demand today. Marketing will always be in demand. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can invest in, in like marketing, and I'm biased because that's what I do, you know, um, then you're always going to be in demand and you know you're get, you maybe you can spend four or five hundred or a thousand dollars on a really good course versus you know if you're a hairdresser you'd spend five or six thousand dollars getting certified if you're uh, going to go to college you would spend twenty thirty forty fifty and depending on on that so that would be your kind of next le- mm. level is go out and find some basic training mm. yeah
1: ziggler says people that don't have sales and marketing experience, raise skinny children because they don't feed them because they have no money for the food. So there's this thing that's happening where a lot of people feel insecure for asking for help because they think that others wouldn't actually help them. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, you got to, re- it also kind of ties into the rich people thing. Uh, lots of rich people are really, and successful people are really generous with their time. If, you, if you're just respectful and you reach out and and you ask them on that, uh, they're usually going to be surprisingly generous uh, with their responses, as long, as long as you're respectful with the time, right? Um,
1: yeah, it's not like, can you just help me for the next eight
0: hours? Of, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. That's that's people asking too much, uh, and not giving uh, back uh, either. Um, whereas if you're asking uh, questions and people are you know, putting you down or criticizing you, you're probably asking the wrong mm. people the questions. Mm. You know? So
1: just change the environment.
0: Yeah, change, change the people that you're asking. They the say to.
1: if you want, if you change the people around you, then the people around you change. And then you change the people around you, and then your life changes. There you go. Some along the lines of that. So for people that want to create like successful side hustles, maybe they're like working full-time jobs or whatever. They just want to make an extra 500 or 1000 every month on the side part time. What would you tell them if they're not motivated? How, how would you help them get motivated? For
0: that's that? a, that's a tough one for me because uh, people who are not motivated, um, I just have very little tolerance for them. <laughs> I just like, why are you motivated? you, you, you are putting up with um, a much smaller portion of life and a much lower potential than what you want. You know, I can't motivate you to go to the gym. You know, I can share with you what I've done and what I do, and it's probably worked for you, but I can't motivate you. I can't do your push-ups for you. You have to do it. Um, I can't motivate you to... You know, open up your own business, no matter what business that is. I, I can't, I can share with you all the incredible online opportunities that are out there, but I can't, you know. How would they motivate themselves then? Um, I would say you've, you know, some of the greatest motivation is not towards pleasure, like fancy cars and lots of money, but it's actually uh, learning to move away from pain. So if you wanna take the inner journey, of, uh, of your life and your pain points, then I would say, examine those, like, like really examine those, um, pain points in your life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, 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 and, and, and not everyone's like, you know, a la la land, everyone's got pain points, everyone's, uh, dissatisfied. And some people have some level of misery in their life. You need to examine that and like drill in a little bit deeper on that to make it like it's painful to look at. So I was like, you keep looking at it. Now. It's
1: like, what is the hell that's going on in your life? Is it your relationships, is it your relationship with money? Is it the fact that you're in debt? Is it your loved one looking at you just miserable because you guys don't know how to pay the bills? And that is like the thing that will push you and the vehicle, which is the business or the side hustle is just no matter how hard that gets, it's not as difficult as, you know, the alternative what you said. At the yeah, point. yeah. So how should people measure success in their life
0: and business? Um, You should really be measuring it by just, I'd make it very simple, just by two things. Um, How much freedom you have in your life and how happy you are. It's really that simple. You're not measuring zeros. You're not measuring Rolex watches and fancy cars. Just how much freedom do you have? Like, do you have the freedom to not do something that you don't want to do? Like, I don't want to go to this job anymore. I, if you don't have the freedom not to do that, that's, that's, that's not freedom. If you want to, um, you know, if you, if you enjoy, you know, reading books, but you can't do that full time, then you don't have that freedom to do that. So f- the two measures of success is freedom. And if you got the freedom to do the things you want to do, um, then you're probably going to be happy. And you have the freedom to develop friendships and deep relationships with people, um, then you're probably going to be happy. And those two kind of go in correlation. But you got to have the freedom tools to do that. And that comes down to money. You Mm. do need some level of money
1: amazing so that is all the question, guys welcome to the mentorship mondays thank you so much and if you have any more questions just send me a dm on instagram Beep. i think they put a little animation here if not then it, i just look weird but with that being said dude thank you so much for sean i am
0: wow. thank you it was a lot of fun